Welcome to the return slot of horror. A podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth. A place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the return slot of horror. Oh, wait, you're going to do that. No, no, no. No, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. That's, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hold on. Okay, ready? Ready? I'll go. Yeah. Okay. And thanks for jumping in. Ladies and gentlemen, dear listener, welcome to the return slot. Of, of horror. <laughs> That's good. That's, it's I, I wanted so hard to hit the Tim Curry like dark voice. I could not hit it. That, oh that. yeah. You can't. You can't try oh, to be Tim Curry. Yeah. Uh, of horror. <laughs> okay, I, I hear what you're trying to do now. You see what okay. I'm doing now. Yeah. I, it's like a mixture of like Frankenfurter <laughs> and, and this like yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's not. It's pretty close, but it was, though, right? Oh, you know, no, it's kind of okay. That's no, that's the, better. At least I could, it, it just sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. Let's just do this podcast. Huh? Now you sound like Wilbur, <laughs> like uh, Mr. Ed. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, listener, tonight we are talking about 1985s or 86s, depending on uh, if you grew up in Europe or uh, in the United States. 1985's Legend, the epic dark fantasy adventure film directed by Ridley Scott and conceived by Scott and American novelist William Hoitzberg. Now, I know at the end of the last episode I said we would be doing Extraordinary. I am terribly sorry if you watched that, but it, it, you, 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 pr you should be thankful that you watched that because I think yeah. it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. What, yeah. So what happened was, at the, like, the next day after we recorded that episode, someone came in. Gave me uh, a wreck on a horror movie, a late one, because, you know, I had already picked it out, and it was Legend. And L Legend was a film that I was obsessed with as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have to change. We're having a drink, and we're talking Legend, yes? Yeah. Okay, so... What drinks are we having this evening? Uh, I'm very excited for the spooky cocktail. Uh, today's recommended cocktail is a yeah boy. Um, so for a a beverage, that beverage, you need uh, some screwball peanut butter whiskey, some raspberry vodka, and blackberry juice, and you shake it up together. And it must be jelly because jam don't shake. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I'm sorry. I don't get the reference. Me either. Uh, it's a RuPaul reference from the song Peanut Butter. And But why is that the, the spooky cocktail for the legend? The spooky cocktail is, yeah, boy. See, you're all excited, and now you're disappointed. No, I just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to understand the connection to the, they're always a connect, there's always, you always have a fun pun that has to do with the movie. So this is, I mean, I mean yeah, great. boy, are we not, every time, Tim Curry would say, 
hey boy, I could hear Flame of Flame being like, yeah, boy. No, okay. Okay. Boy. 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 Yeah. Boy. yeah. So yeah, I thought a lot about um, okay. Flame of Flame while I was watching this movie. That was, I mean, that you was... had to walk me there, but I, yeah. but I, but I like yeah. it. You, yeah. you held our hands and you walked us there. Thank you very much. I'm we got sure some Tim Curry. We got some Flavor Flav. We've got some RuPaul. You kind of went everywhere. And you, yeah, and you like got it. some, fla- you got some Flavor Flav in that cocktail. Mm, Holy oh, moly. Good point. Good point. Uh, Mickey, Mickey, what are you having? I am having a loose cannon pineapple IPA. Or no, not loose cannon. Tropic cannon. I'm sorry. Tropic cannon. But it's, from Heavy Seas Beer, Heavy Seas Brewing. No, no real reason about the movie. It's just a nice, uh, easy sip in pineapple IPA. I thought I'd enjoy it with friends. All right. Um, I tried to find some elderberry wine, but was unsuccessful. That would have um, been nice. Yeah, it's. I think it's 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 like a more of a winter thing. Uh, I feel like you can get elderberry like juice or liqueur. Yeah, for like your immune system. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was what it was for. But good to yeah, know. it's like it's like an immune system thing. Yeah, I actually have some elderberry supplements in the house. Huh. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so I couldn't find any elderberry wine, so I'm drinking uh, uh, Juicy Pebbles, a hazy mm. IPA uh, mm-hmm. brewed with Fruity Pebbles uh, from Baloro Snort Brewery. Um, it's got milk sugar in there. Um, it's not as good. They they randomly will release a uh, uh, a fruity pebbles IPA that has the marshmallows too, which basically means it's that milkshake IPA, which is starting to uh, become like a popular thing. I think um, uh, that is amazing. Hard on the gut. The milkshakes are hard. Oh on the gut. god! I was gonna oh, say yeah. like that just sounds like a stomachache to me. It's, it is. It's, it's especially tough. when you drink like three of them. Oh, yeah. wow. when, you, when you're lactose intolerant, they go down so nice that first half. Uh-huh. But, man, you get to a point where it is, ooh, you enter into a place where, like, this is not going to end well for me. Yes. Or, or anyone family, in my family. My family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, tonight we are talking about uh, 1985s or 1986s, if you are uh, in the United States. Uh, legend. Uh, although it's not a, it was not a commercial success when first released. It did win the British Society of Cinematographers Award for Best Cinematography in 1985 for cinematographer Alex Thompson, uh, as well as it being nominated for multiple other awards, including an Oscar nomination for Best Makeup for Rob Bottin, who, Woo-hoo. you know, uh, we talked about on uh, the Thing episode, um, and since. This was his follow-up to the thing, right? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I don't think so because uh, the thing was 82, and this is this came out in 86. So I feel like he must have worked on something else in between that time. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't look into that. I, I think I think that he may have worked on other projects in between this, but he met with uh, Ridley Scott almost immediately after finishing wrapping with John Carpenter, okay. and uh, and he actually advised. Um, Scott to bring down the amount of characters that he had in his mind for the film to really focus on like certain characters looks. So he, he was instrumental really on like, like controlling, you know, cause Scott had a big vision, you know, and, and just being like, oh, well, yeah. we can do these really great couple monsters versus like just monsters everywhere doing all these things. And, and they look great. Oh yeah. And we're going to get into that. Um, uh, 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 since it's premiere, 
uh, there has been a director's cut release, and we'll get into that. And uh, the film since then has become a cult classic. There are four main versions of this film. I don't want to get in the weeds too much on this, but I, th- this is going to come into play in a weird way that I don't quite understand. We'll, when we get there, it'll make sense. But there are four main versions of this film. They were all shot, um, uh, obviously they were all shot, in the same place, the 007 stage at Pinewood Studios, which burned down 16 weeks into production with about 10 days left from rap. Uh, there's the uh, OG cut, which is 125 minutes. That was the cut that was presented uh, as a screening. Um, uh, it, that didn't go so well. Then there's the European cut, which is 94 minutes long, and it is kind of a diegetic musical. There's the U.S. cut, which is 89 minutes long, and then there's the network television cut, which is 94 minutes long, just like the EU cut, which is odd. You would think the network television cut would be the same runtime as the U.S. cut, but again, this is going to come up later. Um, and then, of course, there's the 2002 director's cut, which is 113 minutes. We all watched the U.S. version, correct? Yeah, I watched the U.S. theatrical release. Yes. Yes, okay. So that's mostly what we're going to be talking about, but these other cuts are going to come into play. Um, uh, but just a, a quick overview of the difference the main difference is the score it was initially done by jerry goldsmith he that he wrote the score over six months and then uh uh that was in the european cut and then it got replaced for the u.s release with a cut uh, a score by tangerine dream yeah. which they put together in about three weeks so that's the version we're, we i grew up with i think i'm not sure yeah no i i definitely grew up with that version the tangerine dream because the the when the we may get to this but when you hear john anderson um come on you know the lead singer of yes singing his song it's like it immediately it was like i mean i felt like i was right back to to little mickey somewhere in the 80s with his older brothers watching this uh interesting little little uh fact about the um score uh, being changed to Tangerine Dream. That was a suggestion by President and CEO of Universal, Sidney Scheinberg. Now, this is the same guy who thought it would be a good idea to change the title of Back to the Future to Spaceman from Pluto. And he also... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. He also greenlit Howard the Duck. So... Now... I now, mean, I've Jack, never seen Howard the Duck, so I can't shit on that. Oh, you gotta, you gotta see it. Um... Uh, but to be fair to Sydney, um, he did also shepherd Jaws and Schindler's List. So, like, you know, it's not like he was a well of bad ideas. But, I mean, you re- to replace a Jerry Goldsmith score is, is kind of nuts. I, I would love to see this with the Goldsmith score. But I'm going to tell you that the Tangerine Dream was as much as a um, throwback or taste of nostalgia as the film itself was for me. So... As, as much as I do respect Jerry Goldsmith and, and I would love to see this with that score, the music in this kind of felt just right in line with, with that period. And, and, you know, it, yeah, it feels very uh, anthropological in that way. It's like that feels 1980, 85, 86. Am I the only one who hadn't, I, I, well, I mean, that's a stupid yeah, let's, question. Let's get into this. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, I saw this as a kid a bunch. Mickey, you saw it as a kid, as you mentioned. So I guess, Marika, you didn't. This Is this your first time? Yeah. Now, I would like for you guys to uh, quickly explain the plot of this movie. 
to me. Like how quickly? Wait a second. Did, did, did you not? <laughs> I mean, this is a wafer thin plot. I saw the movie, but I would like for someone to briefly explain the plot to me. Mickey, why don't you, why don't you go for it, buddy? Innocence brings light to the world. And the most innocent creature or thing on the world is unicorns. So if this goblin can come up and remove the horn of a unicorn, I guess breaking its innocence or maybe it kills it, I'm not sure. Um, if he can get that horn, then he can make the world eternally dark. And then the Lord of the Darkness, Tim Curry, can come up and rule the earth. And Tim Curry's fine with that until he meets Mia Sarah. And he's like, va 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 voom, I want this bride. I, uh, what's the point in ruling a world of darkness without a bride to rule with? So he becomes kind of obsessed with her. And then in all that, you've got Jack, who not only is friends of the people of the forest and friends to unicorns and understands the balance of light and dark, but now he feels responsible that it's his, not only to go save the woman he loves, Mia Sarah, but it's also um, not let darkness rule uh, all of eternity. I think that, that pretty, pretty much does it, yeah. The there most innocent thing is actually Jack, for the record. I had to look this up. And not the unicorns. I mean, is I that some love interpretation? I actually thought at the end they say it's love or something, but yeah. No, it's in the opening crawl of the movie. Okay. That crawl, I got to tell you, that's a, a terrible opening crawl. Holy as far as Jesus. opening crawls go. That, that, that's a U.S. Oof. thing. That's a U.S. thing, not in the uh, 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 European version. That crawl um, was doing a lot of work. Yeah. Well, it was like uh, totally unnecessary. I think, I think the, the uh, again, I watched this a million times as a kid. I never had an issue understanding the plot, and I didn't need that crawl because it's a pretty the, – the weak point, I would say, is like it's it's sort of like – it's very uh, – visually, it's a stunning film. Uh, Curry's performance is like uh, – ties the whole thing together for me and makes it like uh, – a. a makes it much easier to get through because it kind of gets distra you get distracted at times i i did um but uh for some reason as a kid like so when i'm i'm a kid i grew up i was outside all the time right and then the sun comes down and you got to come inside and have dinner and like my mother every night it was like uh, uh an issue to get me to come back inside to have dinner right because we want to stay outside and continue to play now th there were two things that could help that would get me inside on the first time she would yell, come inside. Pizza. If there was pizza, I ran right. right into the house. You're literally a Ninja Turtle. Yes. Uh, and the other thing was Legends on TV. Yeah. I would come running into the house. Now, this is an odd thing for me to love, considering my history with being scared shitless from like Fraggle Rock and Monster Squad at a young age. So throughout this whole thing, I'm trying to, and maybe you guys can help me uh, uh, process this. I'm trying to figure out why it is that I like gravitated towards this movie so much as a kid who was terrified by like the most simple, unscary of things. Cause this movie starts out pretty scary. Now there, there, this is where the versions come into play for me. Number one, right? Legends on TV. So obviously I'm not watching it from the beginning, like right exactly when it starts. I've seen it a hundred times and it was I was always catching it at different moments. So the opening of this movie, I don't remember at all. 
But I think that's because I grew up watching a network version that was more in line with the European cut. Because there 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 are there are segments that I'm like and we'll get into it, but the, the segment with the witch with uh uh Meg Mucklebones, it's a very, very quick segment. And I'm like, I remember this being longer and like more happening. And then I find out, oh, in the European cut and then the director's cut, that's like a whole long thing where Jack has to like, you know, use his wits in order to beat her. It's a very, it's this long scene. And Robert Picardo, who plays Meg Mucklebones, the witch, is like, he's like, he's the great unsung hero of this film. He gives, in my opinion, just as good a performance as Tim Curry does. But like his stuff is entirely cut from the movie, which is nuts. But I grew up like, I remember, I remember this longer scene. And I remember the first time that I see the devil is when he walks through the mirror, like the European cut. Unlike the U.S. cut where you see him at the top of the movie. So it's very confusing. I have no idea. And I tried looking into like network television cuts, but I wasn't able to find much information on it. I don't know. Also, I feel like maybe, okay, well, two things. Maybe Kansas City is actually in Europe and we're just not aware of this. That could be it. That's one option. Mm -hmm. And my parents are Sicilian. So, oh, European there you go. Cut. Maybe they made an agreement with the TV station. Like, listen. my dad, my dad is a European cut, which means no cut. But also maybe you're misremembering? That's no, that's that's totally true. that's totally a valid point, but like these are vivid like I I was I was like obsessed with this movie as a kid, so it was weird to watch it as an adult now and be like I feel like there are pieces missing and the way I remember it is more in line with the European cut, which makes no sense, I know. Maybe you're in like a di interdimensional time loop. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. I mean, um, I'm just very solution oriented right now. Um, Marika, as an adult watching this for the first time, what were, what are your like general impression thoughts about it? Uh, I mean, look, I I will give credit where credit is due. Um, the makeup is amazing. Like the characters are fun. Special effects are cool. Tim Curry is obviously like bomb. Uh, it's <laughs> how do I say this? nicely it was boring yeah. <laughs> and con and confusing huh. um it, it just like I, it didn't it didn't like i i knew i was watching like oh this is a fantastical creature thingamajig but like there was no sense of purpose there was no i was like okay so they're going to get the her but they're actually getting the horn but they like it was all just very like considering that it's a fairy tale or like a fantasy story usually there's like a very clear mission and things happen you're like okay I know what's going on and I was watching it and I was like I need a break like it just there's there's <laughs> there's like nothing driving it and maybe that's why like if you were catching it at different parts like I said, as a kid, I'm sure that if I'd seen it as a kid, I would have found it absolutely like visually mind boggling. Right. But as a whole narrative, it just didn't hold hold water for me. That, that makes sense, considering how 
disjointed the American cut is, uh, how they skip over um, plot points and... Um, yeah, but everyone is just, like, regardless of that, like, everyone's just kind of bland. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, Tom Cruise is coming off of Risky Business and All the Right Moves, right? He's like, his star is rising. And then there's a little bit of a two-year break where he's shooting stuff and nothing's being released. And then Legend comes out at the end of 85. And then, thank God for him, Top Gun and The Color of Money, right? Now, in, in this movie, he comes off, I think, very bland and wooden and... Uh, and pantsless. And pantsless. Which very cool. much pantsless. I'm fine with it. Um, and uh, I love that he puts armor on and he's just as pantsless as he was before. Yeah, yep. makes sense. You got to protect your heart. Yeah, it's not, your vital organs. Dick. Have, you ever, have you ever seen an army guy? No, hold on. Have you ever seen this an is... army? No, have you ever seen special forces in the military? They don't put armor on their legs, just around their vital organs. It totally made sense to me. Yeah, but they're not in underwear anyway. If you'd let them, they would be. I don't want us to get too sidetracked, but pantsless. Anyway, so you were saying that he was Top Gun. So I think what he was trying to do in this movie, they they apparently he worked with the writer. He cut back his lines, and um, I think he was trying to do like a '80s leading man stoic type thing i think he was maybe trying to transition this is just my theory uh and it does not work at all no and but then you see in top gun in the color of money those are both characters who are emotionally unstable and impulsive they're the, the opposite of stoic they wear their hearts on their sleeves yeah. so I, I think this sort of like informs like what works for him as the movie star and what doesn't Right. He learns a lot from it, but it's it I, I don't know how you guys feel, but uh like it, it's just weird to see like a bland Tom Cruise performance. I I usually really like him and stuff. Even when I want to hate him, I end up liking him. <laughs> Interesting. Um Mickey, y- your thoughts on this Tom Cruise thing and also your your history with it. Well, I I actually had a very different feeling than Marika when watching it. I I actually went into this being like, Bleh. I don't, you know, I, it's like I remember Legend from a kid. I, I I feel like this is the Ridley Scott film that he's probably not proud of, and I feel like there's probably there's it's I know it's one that Tom Cruise can't be proud of. So I wasn't actually thinking I'd walk away with any kind of reverence or or joy from watching it. But I thought, oh, I'll watch it because it's been, because I only watched it when I was a kid. I never watched, I never came back to this thing as an adult. And I enjoyed it. I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was visually super beautiful. I thought this is, this is where Ridley Scott, you can see his art background. You can see this guy. It was, it just, it spoke a lot to me more as an adult than it did when I was a kid for things that, oh no. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's really beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, that shots. I agree with. It, it holds up, man. It's amazing. It how looks well it like a up. painting. It holds up better than, than Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. Because everything's tangible. Everything's real, you know, and uh, all, all, all made by hand. All those and all the like little like flowers and things that are constantly falling or snow or whatever, you know, they bubbles. Just- Bubbles and glitter. What What do you guys think the bubbles and glitter budget was on this? Oh my god, just enough, just enough. <laughs> I mean, that's I was. I mean, I'm a sucker for glitter, man. And 
that shit is everywhere. I was very pleased with that. And like where, where the Dark Lord or the Lord of Darkness, whatever, where he lives, it's got like, it's wet, you know, and kind of moist. Moist. <laughs> it's just, you, you could just, it's like, I actually thought that he's ready he, to fuck. He's ready to fuck. He wants, he's bringing down a virgin. He gets distracted from his mission because he wants to fuck. Hot. It's sweaty. This is the horniest film we have done. And I mean, horny. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. I don't th- that no. That actually, that brings up a question. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Mia, Sarah, and Tom Cruise's chemistry? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not I mean, there. Not there. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought she had pretty good chemistry with uh, uh, Tim Curry. The Lord of Darkness scenes. I thought that those are her best scenes because obviously she's working with a great performer yeah. in those scenes. Yeah. Um, I like if you go to her website, uh, it says uh, Mia Sarah used to be an actress but recovered her senses and now she writes. because i was like what what happened to her she was in legend which wasn't successful uh but like she's 17 and starring in a movie and then ferris bueller's day off which was just a just huge gigantic hit and then she kind of like disappears she has worked a lot in television and stuff she uh interesting interesting story she married sean connery's son Got divorced, oh, wow. and then she married Jim Henson's son, Brian Henson. They're still happily married. Really? And like, uh, yeah. That was yeah. like her. That was her. Her revenge for Labyrinth. She was like, "Fine, but I'm marrying Jim Henson's <laughs> son." I feel like she got the better end of the deal there between. Yeah. Making some obscure, not obscure, Labyrinth. Walk me through this like you did. Because wasn't wasn't Labyrinth Jim Henson? Yeah. And is, I mean, we cannot deny the comparison between Labyrinth and Legend. In well, that, Labyrinth. I mean, one is much better than legend, the other. But... I, mean, like, I think you're, yeah. I mean, they're both like fantasy um, uh, stuff. Yeah, but I wouldn't, uh, I don't know. I never really thought of them to, just because Labyrinth is such a unique it's uh, Labyrinth's a whole other thing. I but I mean it came up like but you can't they came yeah, out like three two years apart. I, I I agree with Marika. This is very much if you if you said name four movies that are like Labyrinth, Legend would be one of those four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mostly for era and like end effects and. No, that makes sense. But, I mean, Labyrinth is objectively a better film. I yeah. I would agree. I mean, as far as I listen, like we said, like. The visuals on this are like stunning. Agreed. Tim Curry is is amazing. Tim Curry. But yeah. <laughs> can you can you imagine can you imagine David Bowie and Tim Curry in a movie together like a blending? Oh, man. Of, that would be a movie. Oh God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think Michelangelo well, just like jizzed his pants. <laughs> I did. No, no, just the raw sexuality of the two people. <laughs> it would be like I've been else. I've been listening. So Tim Curry, the same year he does this, he does Clue. Which I rewatched, oh, and I, Clue I love great. Clue. Oh, if you haven't Clue seen Clue, great. you need to see Clue. Um, but I was like, I've been listening to Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've been listening to some of David Bowie's like uh, um, other other musical ventures, um, or not David Bowie. I'm sorry, uh, Tim Tim Curry's. Um, I've just been like on a Tim Curry kick after watching this, and like, man, I would have loved to have seen a movie about uh, the Lord of Darkness. You know what I mean? Like he just. He, and he's 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 like working through all of this makeup and he's on stilts 
and he's spending five and a half hours in, in makeup at the beginning of shoot days, and his performance just blasts everybody out of the water. It's nuts. And I just want to like do a comparison here, so just so you understand how, how well this movie holds up. Tim Curry's makeup took five and a half hours to apply, right? Uh, currently, the current season of Stranger Things, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but the bad guy in it, his name is Vecna, yeah. that was eight hours of makeup. And when I watched it, I thought it was a CGI character. They're definitely doing some sort of CGI application, but I was like, that took eight hours, and it looks like a CG like, like it doesn't even like it. It just blew my mind that that the makeup for Vecna took longer than than Tim Curry's makeup for the Prince, the Lord of Darkness. Well, it goes it goes to say it's kind of like um, one of those things. Speaking to Vecna, if they had probably left Vecna alone and didn't do the additional stuff that they do with like the with his connection to the underworld, you know, they have like all the yeah, shooting the out his back. Crawling on him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if they would have left that alone, he probably would have looked much more menacing and real. But then they, but then they do the additional CG to add on all those little extra things that then you almost have to make the real thing look like the fake thing in order for it to all look, uh, in, to improve the, you know, maison song, you know, it's like, you have to like make it all look of one. So you're actually taking the the real tangible thing and making it look more digital and fake. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I God, he he. It's good, but it's, I, yeah, it's, it was it, entertaining. I mean, they lost me during season three. I gave up. That's okay. Anyway. Back on track. Let's talk yeah. about glitter. Let's talk <laughs> about glitter. Movie. Let's talk about General that wet, glitter. moist dungeon. Let's talk. Let's talk about unibrows. Oh. I love a good unibrow. <laughs> I love a good unibrow. And I gotta tell you, there it used to there used to be movies where it was like like it was very acceptable for men to have unibrows, and for evil ladies to have unibrows. Um, and uh, like I was thinking about this, what is the last movie star to rock a unibrow? And Fr- like Frida Kahlo. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. Um, Colin Farrell is the last guy, but he doesn't rock it anymore. But at the beginning of his career, he rocked a, a little bit of a unibrow. That's some bull. That's that's balls. I mean, you know, movie stars are are necessarily homogenized, so yeah, none. Yeah. But what are your guys' thoughts on unibrows? Do you, do you when you see them in a movie, are you like, are you like gross? Or are you like nostalgic for? for <laughs> Am I nostalgic for unibrows? I yeah. mean, that's never occurred to me. <laughs> who are we even talking? Who has a what unibrow? What did I miss? What, what are did we, I? Where are we Tom going? Cruise has Tom Cruise has a unibrow in this movie. Oh my god, I did not even notice. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, that's how. That's how, how like handsome thing? he is. That's, that's how. That's kind of like yeah. His face. He was. He anyway. Um, are you not into? I had a huge boner for Tom Cruise in this. This is like the genesis of V-necks and long hair for me. Um, uh, wow learn a wow legend right the wow. things you learn about wow about yeah. a friend. Is, is this why when we do podcasts you don't wear pants yep you're gonna be like jack <laughs> pantsless it has it has a nothing to do or pantsless hero it has nothing to do with being in a, a like an office during the summer <laughs> and like sweating my balls off because i can't have a fan or ac on you mean um, a basement uh yes it's a wet, hot, sticky. Hey, it's a, it's, it's a wet, hot, sticky basement, guys. It's a wet, hot, sticky basement. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play a Jack-like character when I was in college. 
I had long hair, and it I was dressed like Jack in a sort of like pantsless thing with a shirt and like uh, uh, stuff growing out of my hair. What what's what's explain this to me? What you said a pantsless thing? You were in a you were in a, a pants? Was it a porno? What were you in a porno? No 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 no. It was college. Okay. <laughs> I was legal. I was eighteen. Um, uh, part of a the director's finals for someone who was older than me, it was like a, um, it had to do with stage design and costume design. So it was all like, uh, uh, not quite like a dance, but everything was told through movement. And it was like a lot of like, it was some, it, 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 it was very much this, N not nearly as amazing as this, obviously, but like it, 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 there were elements of it that was very like of the woods. And my character looked a lot like Jack did in this. Did you have a unibrow? I did not have a unibrow because oh. uh, I, I don't know, Mickey. I don't want I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I've been plucking my unibrow since I hit puberty. Oh, I yeah. I mean, I've yeah I've, my, myself and my my current. You know, it's like my son. I mean, the the life I'm living right now is. I mean, I've always been fighting the unibrow. Yeah, it's like every day I gotta check and make sure everything's looking okay there. Occasionally, yeah, I'll I'll let it go a little bit. But then I'll see a picture or something, and I'm like, actually, I keep my brows pretty tight now. I'm pretty good at it. It's like I have a whole system. Well, let me ask you this: when you were, <laughs> when you were deployed, or when you're on like missions like you were, or training exercises like you were recently, um, do you bring your? I, I don't travel anywhere without my tweezers because I, you know, got to stay. You got to make sure the unibrow doesn't come in. Like when you were deployed, did you just say fuck it? I'm just gonna have a unibrow. Well, no, 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 no. I am probably, during those types of situations, I'm probably more inclined to keep myself tight with that stuff because every morning you're shaving. They want you to be shaved every morning. Uh, they want hair in regulation. So, and the, so my trick is, is typically when I cut my hair, I also lower my actual hair cutting. The guard? Yeah, the guard. I lower it down pretty low and then I go over my eyebrows once with it. Then I go in with the actual like actual like razor razor and clean up between the eyebrows to the sideburns. And then I go a couple hits on the Una and then I pluck whatever feels to, you know. You wow. Sh you shave? I shave. Yes. That's crazy. I don't do that, man. Cause I, 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 I believe in the old wives tale of, uh, uh it'll come back. Okay. Well that old wives and... tale is, is a lie. So everybody out there that, that, do not buy into that. If you shave, it comes back thicker and more coarse. It's not true. I looked it up multiple times. There's nothing scientific about that at all. This movie legend is more real than what McLean's legend said. <laughs> Amazing. Good to know. And of course, Marika, you don't have any eyebrow maintenance because you're perfect. Do you, do you have a unibrow? Hold on. Do you, do, do you have a unibrow? No. No, she doesn't. No, I don't. But I also feel like I wonder... As much as they say, like, oh, if you shave, it'll come back darker, whatever. If you tweeze long enough, it'll start coming in thinner. And I don't uh. know if you remember the 90s and the ooze, but, like, eyebrows, like, full eyebrows were not a thing. So we all tweezed the fuck out of our eyebrows. So I just wonder at this point, like, how much of my not having a unibrow is... uh like genetics or just me over plucking for 
two decades. I, I, it's got to be genetic, partly genetic, Marika, because I got to say, um, I also do some uh, uh, manscaping, as it's called. And um, when I started doing this as a teenager, I used I forget what they're called, but it's like uh, it's like a cross between an electric shaver and a, and a tweezer. I'm not my, my father is very, very hairy. This is hilarious. We're talking about this on the Legend episode. Um, <laughs> my father. I don't know. Is I a, don't even know how we got here, but okay. Oh yeah, Unibrow. My father is a very, very hairy man, and uh, uh, I, as I, he uh, thankfully, be. yes, he should be. And thankfully, I think I have mostly my mother's genetics. Uh, so what I get are these like random, black long black hairs that will grow from my shoulders or whatever. Um, so it's not like a th- it's not like a thick coat that i have to like shave down i could just pluck them right so when i was when i was uh, for basically until i was about 25 my chest hair my shoulder hair any kind of hair that i didn't like i used this extremely painful device that would pluck my hair like tweezers at a super fast it was super i can't express to you how painful this process was and i did it for an extremely long time um and i don't think it had any effect on uh because my they're 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 now thicker than they used to be at that age and i think that's just i don't has i don't think that has anything to do with shaving or plucking it's just uh time right that the hair grows after time you're yeah well you're also older and dudes get hairier with time so yeah so in some in some in some places in some places in some places in some places they're losing here um yeah isn't that a bitch jesus christ yeah Losing your hair and it starts growing out of your nose and your fucking yeah, ears. Yeah, it's like you're, but you're, you're starting to get in like a receding hairline. Some guys, like I'm lucky I don't have that, but but I also it should I, be a I, personal grooming podcast. It might, my, my, it should be. It should be. I'm, <laughs> listen, Keep that in I'm mind. All about it. Season I, season three. I, I'm lucky. Three. I'm also I'm also pretty bare chested, and and not pretty. I am bare chested. I don't have to worry about like back hair and like crazy chest hair i'm not like i'm not i'm not tom Selleck, you know which hey tom Selleck's a good looking guy which is crazy because you have the thickest fucking beard. my legs but also my legs and your my legs. legs oh my god yeah my legs are so hairy it's like i i think that i feel like um what's that uh have you seen um oh what's uh, the lion the witch in the wardrobe yeah i'm like mr tumnus <laughs> <laughs> Stop it's bringing like, up other fantasy it's films. Like, it's like, okay, for those okay, of you just, waist down, for those of you just tuning in, this is not a podcast about tweezing, unibrows, body hair. This is a horror hair. podcast where we're talking about, about the movie Legend, which Legend. is not a horror film. Welcome to Manscaped with Mickey and what Michelangelo. What the fuck are we doing? Okay. Okay. So, sorry. Sorry. Continue. Legend. Ugh. Legend. Um. Una. Una. <laughs> Una. I f- see that was the one thing because I it was <laughs> so okay. weird. Yeah. I started okay, I started watching this movie and I was like, maybe I've seen this because I felt like it feels so ubiquitous. And it was one of those things where I thought that it was almost impossible that I'd never seen it. And I was like, at some point I'm gonna see something, even if it's just one scene, I'm gonna go, Oh yeah, I have seen this. And never did that happen. But like I recognized Una. Oh really? From what? I have no idea. Maybe it's maybe it's just like I also recognize Tim Curry, but like Tim Curry is 
that performance is epic and legendary, right? Yeah. So just been somewhere in your in the zeitgeist around you at some point in your life. That's what I think. Yeah. Because I definitely had not seen this movie, or I had seen it and completely forgotten about it because it's which is lucky. It's a, that that's a lucky skill to have to be able to like honestly to rediscover forget. things. Yeah. Forget sure. movies. I, I, I would love. So. I yeah. I would love to forget Clue and watch that for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I don't forget ever. the good ones. I think you would remember this though. I mean, like it just just the visuals are so. It's hard to forget the. Vi it's visually stunning. There's no question that the the the, the storyline is lacking, and the a lot of the performances are yeah um, wooden. Or the the effects are cool. The makeup is cool. Like it's it's beautiful. But I also feel like it's not as memorable visually. As, and I'm gonna go back to like in my mind, the comparison is there, but nowhere near as memorable as as labyrinth yeah well i don't think you should be comparing this to labyrinth at all but like well, i do I, I agree with you um let's i i want to say that that while we're on that though I, I kind of agree with marika it's like i don't know what else to compare this to but labyrinth or like you know one of the like dark crystal or one of the, and yeah. i haven't seen i haven't seen dark crystal so i don't know oh man you gotta see that yeah it's good um back to una do you, you yeah, opened up I, on I Una? I had questions about I had questions about Una. Um, now, do you kiss Una or not? Okay. I, and I'd like to... what is does your answer change if when you were younger versus now? Okay. When I, I will say this, when I was younger, Una made sense to me more than when I'm older. Like when I was younger, I remember Una, and I thought she was part of the team. I thought she tempts uh, Jack with a way out. Like, you know, like, you know, I can be anything you want, Jack. Just kiss me. And I thought that uh, I, there was something as a kid, it played more innocently. I think with my older guys, I'm like, I, I was like, what, why, why is this even a part of this film? I, I didn't like it. I just felt. It, what, just well, the part where she's trying to like seduce him. Yeah. She wants the kiss for the keys. Right. Which she, ultimately she gives it to him anyways, which I think is a whole like silly yeah. aspect of it anyways. But like. Would you, do you? Would you? I I feel like I would definitely like not not at not not in my early twenties. If I if I like like I think about like my relationship with my high school girlfriend and when I left and we were separated for you know it's like oh, I never did anything and but like now I'd be like yeah I'd fucking kiss her because like who it's a fucking I'm I'm gonna die. Well, I just kind of I'll kiss her. I'll fuck her. But Una okay, goes. Jesus, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but no, but this goes back to this movie of being the horniest movie we've done. Una, it's like I, she just kind of comes off really kind of like Jack. I don't know. I can't. It just. I was just. It was. It was. It was she just doesn't very, make any uh, sense. It it's like so not, much more of the story. It just doesn't. There are all did, these elements, yes, and they that don't. That part did not add up. They don't come together in any kind of a cohesive way it's like it was yeah she was just was she just a horny teenage fairy i don't well I, f I feel like that scene where she leads him into the uh the special cave where his friends can't go to get the sword it's very like the sword's very phallic i i, th I thought there was a lot of like uh uh for me there was a lot of metaphor for like i'm becoming a man i'm losing my virginity maybe i'm putting on protection like there was a lot of like <laughs> that for one me was like a horny ass movie, dude. <laughs> what the hell? This movie. Did you so did horny. you get any of that, Marika? Or no. was that like <laughs> No, 
no, but also at that point, I was I was already like, what the hell am I watching? So I I thought that that her her reaction to Jack was so like it was it was very off putting because I'm like, oh, I don't like this. You know, it's like because I don't know. I felt like she's part of the team. She's like she hasn't shown her identity to anybody. But then it's all about just getting some of that. You know, she just wants some of that Jack. <laughs> Everybody wants some of that Jack. What what do we think of the team? Screwball, Brown Tom, Gump. You got, which one's Billy Barty? Billy Barty's Screwball. He's the screwball, he's the guy right. who, for some reason, Una can't move the mirror herself. She needs to wake him up because he also, asleep. for the record, that's why I made my cocktail with Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Oh, so good. See, so you're, good. You're too. So good. You're too smart for us. You're too smart. Well, she doesn't have a unibrow. She doesn't have a unibrow. It lets all the brain come out the front. <laughs> uh, but Gump, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, but Billy Barty specifically. Scribble. Yeah. Yeah. I. He he means a lot to me for my childhood. Him, yeah, he man. As soon as I see, oh, yep, Masters of the Universe, and also Willow, and then he's also in um, uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Oh yeah, Willow, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah, he's also in Rumpelstiltskin. I just when I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh, that guy. I was like, I have not even thought of that guy in ten years or longer, and I just I love him so much. Yeah, he's super famous little person actor. Oh, I love him so much. And he's much. amazing. He's I think he's hilarious in this. He's got a wonderful voice. And his ADR is great. Like like something you might not know about this movie is this entire film had had to be ADR. The I, entire I, thing. Trust me, I could tell in many scenes. I yeah. Tell. <laughs> yeah, it, it shows. And especially Gump. I mean, Gump's voice was replaced. Uh, the uh, actress who plays uh, Blix, Alice Platon, she does the voice for uh, obviously for Blix, who she's playing, but she dubs Gump's voice because they thought Gump um david bennett uh they thought his uh accent i think he's like german or swedish or something they thought it it, it didn't um it was hard to understand him so they dubbed him i feel like this movie like a lot of shit went wrong because they futzed with it too much like i don't know what the other verb is like futz is the only yeah like, just fucking, he has an accent futzing. leave it it's yeah. fine like and there's no there's no definitive if, if if you talk to people who have seen the multiple versions there's no definitive version the director's cut has its pluses and minuses the european cut does and so does the us cut like it needs to we need like a choose your own adventure version where you get to edit your own Ugh. creation with your own score <laughs> she, marika just went uh it's kind of it's it's so tragic cuz there's so many things going for this that that like should like it's like, like, like we've said, the, the 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 makeup and the production design and the cinematography, all this stuff is so good, but it's such a weak story with wooden performances that it's like a, a shame. It's a waste of a film almost. And then, you know, I don't want to upset anyone who loves this movie. I still love it. I could just recognize its its faults. Because they're they're kind of glaringly obvious. You're you're we're all allowed to like flawed things. Yeah. Um, and this is one of them. This is one of them. Um. Because like, imagine if the story had been stellar and like, the dynamics between characters were clear. Oh, like yeah. this movie would have been 
amazing. Yeah. And it's such a letdown that the story just wasn't there. And like, and the other thing is, like I said, like the group dynamics were just weird. And like, who's who in this like band of like, because if you try to distinguish between Screwball and Gump and like, they're all like, oh, they're a Motley crew, but they're, they just all end up feeling kind of the same. Again, it's weird. It's so weird to me that you have, I mean, Cruz only comes alive for me at the very end where like he's he's going to shoot the arrow at um Lily but he ends up shooting darkness cuz he like knocks and he's like darkness and he it's like he totally Tom Cruise is out in that scene. <laughs> I love that that's a verb now. Yeah. And 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 you finally see like oh yeah, that's Tom that's the Tom Cruise I know. Tom Cruise has always been great about like uh you know, being uh, showing his emotions and being emotionally vulnerable in films. I think that's like a huge strong point of his. Um, and it's so weird to watch a movie where he's, it's like such, it's, it's almost forgettable. Like it's all, it could be almost anybody else. I don't think anyone could have done any better with it. It's just a fucking shitty movie. Sorry that came out on its own. I think he does. Don't get me wrong. I think he does a fantastic job with the material that's there. Yeah. Cons- well, you know what I mean? Fantastic. In a way. I, I, I don't see, and this is obviously like a, a, a pointless thought experiment, but I don't see like you put any, maybe Tim Curry could have made it great. <laughs> you know, I don't Tim know. Tim Curry but. as Darkness and Jack. And, and Lily. And- That's a good angle. That's a good angle to have Tim Curry play both characters. And and Lily. And then yeah, yeah, everyone. Just everyone. everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starring I like that Tim idea. Curry as everyone. I'm amazed that no one had come up with that. And now that'll never happen, but damn it. But now okay, so here's I didn't look this up. What what was like as of 2000 right now? Um what is Ridley Scott's opinion of this film? So, so, so Tom Cruise and Ridley Scott both disown the American version of this film. They feel like uh, what they wanted to create was sort of gutted, right? Um, uh, and that if you do want to enjoy this experience, you, you should watch. Film. You you need to either watch the uh, director's cut or the um, European. European version. Okay. Um, uh, that said, it still doesn't really solve. Like, you you watch the European version of the director's cut, and you do things. There are segments that make a little more sense, and things are more connected uh, in a way that's not so confusing. But it's still. I mean, if like uh neil gaiman you know if, if if anyone's familiar with neil gaiman he's a great writer he's like hey i love this movie but you gotta know what you're getting yourself into you know it's like it the the the, uh, the story element of this film is its weakest as- aspect right right and it's again it's like it's those it's those it's a situation where it's like so frustrating because it's like you have all the elements in play but you don't it doesn't like follow through on on this on it, it kind of reminds me of sinister a little bit i uh, obviously like this much more than i like sinister but like sinister for me was a movie why i found it so frustrating so you have so many good things in place 
but then there are there's story elements that don't although there were visual elements in that that I don't agree with but like so that's different but I don't know if does that make sense sure yeah I feel like that's a <laughs> sure. common yeah movie gripe yeah yeah I mean I I I think that legend is is I think it still holds up. I mean, I think it would still be considered a, a classic or a cult classic. Oh, it, it definitely is a cult classic, yeah. without a doubt, for sure. And, and, and you know, there are things that are, I mean, you can see the genius of Ridley Scott being used in it. It's just probably oh. not. But, you know, it's like he didn't make, it's not his best film. It's not the film we hang our, you know, hat on when we talk about Ridley Scott. I, I yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed it, but I completely understand 100% marika's feeling about it because oh yeah it's like tom cruise wasn't a star yet and he wasn't at his like height of using his powers so he was just doing his this thing power. <laughs> like an x-man well who i mean developed... i mean powers work they do his powers they do. do work they work they, do. Man. they work they work they do they get me every time <laughs> it's maddening this movie kind of coincides with his uh beginnings of his uh his first wife uh Merriman Rogers. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he was married to her from 87 to 89. Very short marriage. But she introduced him to Scientology, and this is the beginning of like huh. his, his uh, life with Scientology. So it's interesting. I mean, he's coming, like I said, Risky Business and, the, and um, uh, All the Right Moves. And like he's working on this project. And he has enough sway to say, hey, I want to cut back my my lines. I want to change this character and do this type of performance on a production like this, which is, I mean, this was a, this was $24.5 million budget and it made 15.5 in the U.S. and eight in Europe. So it came in at 23.5. So it was a failure all around financially. Um but surprisingly did not really fucking hurt the careers of uh, or Tom no. Cruise or Ridley Scott. Anyone involved. No. Yeah, no. everyone everyone was sort of and like, fine. And Tim Curry was never heard of again. <laughs> Tim, I got to tell you, man. <laughs> Tim Curry did not have, I think, like, the hey, man. The he deserved. It's one of those things where it's like, hey, you're lucky to work. You're lucky to make your living as an actor. But, like, I think, yeah, Tim Curry, like, we missed out on some, like, I think he, 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 I think now he would have, like, he would have been, like, having the, those performances, he would be, like, A-list, green lighting projects type actor instead of. No, no, he's a character actor. Yeah, but look That's at Johnny just... Depp. Johnny Depp is a character, or wants to be a character actor, and he had a huge career. Uh, I don't think Tim Curry and Johnny Depp. We can. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I would. I, I think that Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah, not well, let's, not get, let's not get it. Let's not. Let's not get into that. But my 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 point is, I think he would have a bigger career now. I just because we we I think we're better at honoring those smaller performances. Yeah. Or not smaller performances, but like, I don't. It's just like you know, he was a work. He was just like 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 you know. He's, you look at his credits, and he's, it's like a million – it's voiceovers and television shows and Shakespeare. And, like, he's just so amazing. It's a shame we didn't have more 
A-list, Oscar-nominated, award-winning performances from Tim Curry because he's he's way more capable than I think a lot of leading actors in oh, Hollywood. Oh yeah, for sure. He, he did have like a major stroke that like fucking put pretty much put an end to his career. I think I I keep seeing it's very tragic. He's like partially paralyzed now and he can't really work, but he does appearances now uh, to to make a living, which is like so sad and such a shame you don't want to see you know your heroes and people you admire um have to deal with i I will say that that tim curry i think was like a lot of us which is just happy to get any kind of work and he was taking a lot of he he took a lot of scary movie two was pre-stroke buddy so is congo so is home alone two yeah so is muppets treasure island it's He's like, great in Home Alone too. Sorry, man. And Muppet Treasure Island. Like, okay, uh, those are great performances. No, I'm not saying he's. Not, I'm saying that that whether he was uh, yeah. just taking what they were giving him or whether that's all he was getting, I'm not gonna say one way or the other. But 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 pre-stroke, I mean, his he was, I mean, he was a far cry from it. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Clue. You know. Yeah, I think I think it's a classic case of. Uh, um, we don't know what to do with you. Well, no, like underappreciated uh, character actors. Ex- there's that, but also like when you have like his his breakout thing be uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, like ho- homophobia, transphobia. Maybe like I-, I think that followed throughout his career, maybe longer than it should have. I mean, but his brilliance in Clue is okay, just to go oh, back on, but just brilliance. go back on, on like character actors. I don't know many character actors that are ever going to get that opportunity <laughs> to be like, to hold that movie together, to be the, the comedy, the energy, just everything he's doing in that film is incredible. Well, everybody, everybody's great in that, man. That's, that's an ensemble piece. I, I, I agree, but he stands out to me in that film more than anybody. Yeah. Which is a testament to how great he is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then why from there did his career pivot to, you know, yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I know I, this is a, another podcast for another time, but I I agree with you. Tune into our other podcast, Tim Curry's Quarry. Tim Curry Fan Club podcast. We'll record that at a quarry. <laughs> at a quarry. <laughs> at a quarry. Yeah, Tim Curry's Quarry at a quarry. Uh, yeah. Wait, I'm hearing. Stop! Stop! I'm hearing. I'm hearing tapping. Yeah. Is it still there? No. No. Were you tapping okay. your microphone? Yeah, I was. T- I was tapping my foot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, don't Are you do okay? That. We okay there, Michelangelo? Are you nervous? <laughs> I'm He's nervous. Getting really riled up about the whole guys. Whole guys. Unicorn this is a, this is, horn. This is a big. This is a big movie for me. This is, uh, this, is, this is a big movie that was recommended. That was recommended to you. I love how it's like a huge deal to rip a unicorn, like to break alicorn. The alicorn. I never heard that term before, alicorn, which I guess is the unicorn's horn. It's called an alicorn. But then you could just like bloop, put it next to where it was, and <laughs> hey, they're magical. They're magical, but but in the European cut, uh, that thing's dead. There's no restoring. There's no. It, yeah, it's, that it's, makes more sense. Final. That's because That's... European kids can like handle shit. Yeah, they can handle. They're like a Ridley Scott quote. Ridley Ridley Scott quote. European audiences are more sophisticated. They accepted preambles and subtleties, whereas U.S. goes for much broader strokes. When I, I called my mom and I asked her, 
I was trying to like figure out why why I liked this movie when uh, when I was so scared of other films. Why 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 this one? Why did I like it so much? And like, why was it always on? Like, how did we? Because we had we would have HBO from time to time. So so I asked her about that. And I was like, why did we have HBO sometimes but not other times? Um, I was like, I remember my nanu. Who? That's an Italian term uh, for grandpa. Um, my nan knew I could buy it for us as a present for Christmas, and we would have it for a period of time. But like it was spread, like it didn't make any sense when we would have it when we didn't have it. And she was like, "Oh no, Nanu knew a guy, and he would come to the house <laughs> and illegally." Yep. <laughs> and illegally hook up the HBO and then when the cable guy would come by he'd be like, "Hey, why is this like this? This you shouldn't have this." And my mom was like, "I don't know why it's like that." So that's why we would that's like hilarious. randomly have channels and then not have cuz I grew up like I you know, you had to like walk up to the television and turn the dial to like change the channel. I know I'm so old. Um but I was also poor when I grew up, so it was it was like I was growing up a decade earlier than my right. actual current decade right. because we didn't have modern things. We had stuff yeah. from 10 years ago because we were poor. Yeah. Um, do you think that this is a movie kids would like nowadays? I was obsessed yeah, with it, and I, I know you so. were. I actually think that the TV shows for kids now suck. <laughs> but they love it, though. No, no, I, I actually disagree. I, I think that, like, kids so campbell from like at least seven years old and on has not wanted to watch traditional what would be um he, he likes japanese anime because it's a little bit more uh intense and, and it's a little boobs. bit and big boobs but but no it's just it's 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 like it's safe but also kind of like not dumbing it down for a kid and i think a lot of shows dumb it down for a kid or they seek the approval of the parent before they actually are speaking to kids i love that um the japanese uh, animator um oh gosh who's the big one that did um, miyazaki 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 says when he when he was making his films for like they're like you make these kids films you know but they're so uh, intense he's like why would we why wouldn't we be there they can handle it <laughs> you know it's like this makes no sense that we have to like of uh, keep kids away from real life issues even if they're wrapped up in a fantasy or yeah. you know so I, I i'm kind of of that same mindset so i think that this movie's great for kids let's do it america it's horny it's super horny it's not horny it's not that horny mickey but it also it's aye, meta aye, it's aye. like metaphorically horny so <laughs> I, I, I watched it and i turned it off and i was in hot sweats i mean would Poor i show Molly. this movie to my kids <laughs> Molly is the woman who does the VO at the beginning of every episode, by the way. Marika? Oh, is it my turn now? Uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, would I show this to kids? No? Well, no, no, no. no. Do you think kids would like this? I mean, you did. I I loved it, but I'm also... I didn't understand your drink reference and I didn't understand something else that I already forgotten. So I'm not the smartest, sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, and I love this simple movie. <laughs> I did, but I did drag. I, with I my have no idea. On, I, I don't know. Watch I also don't adult. have kids, so I don't know. 
I just know that I wouldn't show it to a kid because I feel like there are better options. Sorry to everyone who loves this movie. Oh, I would definitely show it to a kid. I, I agree with you. There are better options, maybe. But I mean, I, I just I, feel like kids, like if you were to sit a kid in front of this, it'd be like, why am, why am I watching this? This is, okay, this is this kind of like plays into the like problems with the films, but that works as a kid. I play a lot with kids. I, I have nieces and nephews aging from the range of uh, like two years old to 18, and I am a professional uncle. And I will tell you, when you play with kids, as I'm sure uh, you both know already because you've probably played with kids, like they – there is no – you just – it's yes and all the time. It's yeah, improv rules full time, and there's no logic to it, and you kind of just go with – like you're playing with them, and it's just like you go on to the next thing and the next thing, and it doesn't make sense, and what's the logic between this point and that point? doesn't matter. It's because it's happening, and the guy has long hair, and it's flopping around, yeah. and there's a monster, and there's this other thing happening, and it doesn't make any sense, but it's fun, and it looks cool. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I feel like a seven-year-old might not be like, well, I found that the plot was slightly lacking. It pales in comparison to films like um, uh, Labyrinth. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen Lady Hawk. Crawl, yeah, Lady like, Hawk, yeah, like, like visually, I think it's much more interesting than Lady Hawk or Crawl, but like, it's those movies have stronger story. Crawl has a stronger storyline than Legend. That's a that's a that's that's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I also liked dark stuff. Like my favorite movie when I was a kid, kid was, I mean, it was probably one of the only VHSs we had, but it was Batman. Like I watched Batman over and over and over again. That I liked. See, that's what. See, that's what's. That's why I think you would like this movie. Like, to, like Tim Burton's films, m much better storylines than than this. But like, I think you would have connected with moments in this. You cannot compare this to a Tim Burton movie. You're right. I'm not. But like. <laughs> but you are. <laughs> but Tim Curry, Tim Burton, Tim Curry. You got two Tims. Tims, yeah. you got Tims. Oh, Why did they never Tim work Robbins? together? Why did they God, never work you together? Imagine that would have been amazing. Out of these three recommendations people gave us, what do we think the best recommendation was out of Sinister, The Night House, and Legend? Mickey, please go first. I mean, it's a. I, I will. Uh, pref, I will preface this. It's just fucking apples and oranges. First of all, the other two are unquestionably horror films, and this is obviously not really a horror film. So, I mean, given those parameters of a horror film recommendation, what out of the three like was saying, your favorite? Which Which Vin Diesel movie is your favorite? The Pacifier, Triple X, or Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> obviously legend would not be a recommendation to anybody who's coming in to get horror films from a horror film store oh no no we're, we're getting to that section first of all later so don't don't bring that up I okay just... I, I i think of, of the three watches i i probably enjoy the performance in night house better than anything else so i i think night house i mean that's gonna be my recommendation wow, mickey's mickey's a piece of shit and he wants to recommend the night house instead of legend okay <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being silly. <laughs> but spoiler alert for me, before we get to Marika, 
Uh, yeah, Mickey, I totally agree with you. Like the Nighthouse, um, to me is by far the most superior horror film out of these three recommendations we got from other people. Uh, especially cause even if even if I'm pretending Legend is a horror film, I still go with Nighthouse. <laughs> yeah, it's unanimous. Um, um, who do, who do we consider a second? Marika? Oh, Sinister. Sinister. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mickey. Sinister. Sinister. Okay. I'm gonna go Legend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's because it's nothing to do with the fact that it's no. Go on. Yeah. It, it mostly has to. Okay. If we if we do consider Legend to be a horror film, which it's not, which we're not. <laughs> but if we did, I would say that that Legend is less frustrating to me as a ultimate failure than Sinister is, which maybe means Sinister is a better movie. I don't know, but that's where... Does that make sense, what I'm saying? I, I don't consider Sinister a total failure. <laughs> I, don't consi- I don't consider it a total failure. I consider it a <laughs> failure. partial failure. A partial failure. It's, it's just a shame. It had so much going for it, and it could have been so good. Uh, by the way, everyone needs to see the black phone. Same team. Uh, that's another discussion. But uh, uh, I, I, I will say that Legend used Vincent D'Onofrio more compellingly than what Mister used Vincent D'Onofrio. I think he made a joke that didn't really make sense. I think yeah. that's what's happening. I think. Uh, okay. I think that legend. Bedtime, y'all. I think that legend utilized Vincent D'Onofrio better than Sinister did. Okay, I see. I see what you're saying. Got it. Yes. I, I got, Welcome I, I to my it. life. Okay. We we uh, I do have to mention. Please listen to our new podcast, uh, the Quarry with Tim Curry at the Quarry, uh, hosted by Jesus Christ. All right, Uh, put this dog down. (laughs) Okay, we're going to shoot this movie in the head. Well, that's the end of that episode.